The Trek Files, Season 7, Episode 12, Star Trek Fan Mail, 1975. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Oh, welcome back, Star Trek fans. Hey, we have a fun one for you today, yes. And of course, when I say welcome, I'm including, of course, all of our canonistas, and I say that lovingly, yes I do. Hey, our tech heads, you'll love this too when you hear what's happening. Um, hey, Trekophiles. Yes, spelled with an F. We're talking about all of you. It's another fun one. In fact, it's what's almost become uh, an annual edition of the Trek Files. It's a lot of fun. Have I whetted your appetite yet? Well, go look at the documents because this week it's all about the documents. Take a listen to this little reading and it's an audio sample, but they're all there at our page at facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Hang on and I'll be right back with this week's guest. Dear sirs, I am a Trekkie, as you probably already know, or I wouldn't be writing. I've wrote you before and asked any available information about Star Trek. Well, I'm asking again. Please send me any available information about Star Trek and your 1975 catalog. If you have any information about Spock and his Spock pinches, send that too. All information about his Spock pinches, please send that. Hey, we're back, yes, we're back into the fan mail, but the fan mail that Star Trek got in 1975. And I'm suspicious that these were all rescued and, and saved meticulously by Susan Sackett because she was working on her Letters to Star Trek book. But hey, yes, it has become an annual uh, edition of the Trek Files, and who better to go through the mailbag here from, oh my goodness, all these decades ago, is our good friend, and of course, you know him from Mission Log. I know him because he produces the show here on the booth side. John Champion, welcome welcome back, in air quotes, I hey, say, John. <laughs> pleasure to be here. And man, I, I look at these, it's so interesting. I, I look at these letters from 1975, and I think we're closing in on 50 years mm -hmm. that these letters have been sitting in the uh, in the archive here. And, um, and I look at that, and I also think, well, this is the kind of thing that I would have been writing shortly after this time as well. So yeah. it's always a very personal thing. Like it's fun and we get to have fun with this, but it, it, it's still, it, it's very close to home every time we do this. Well, we're, we're diving into a file that Susan apparently called funny fan letters, but, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, they're all from kid, teenagers and preteens. Mm -hmm. I'll just set that up. But after we, you know, we chuckle at parts of them, but some, some of these really have something revealing about the person or, I like to think there's still, as we do with all the Trek files, there's still a snapshot in time that tells us something about the time and tells us something about ourselves even, even though we, you know, there's there's the funny parts. Now here, yeah. this 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 very first letter in the batch from Scott Sprout, we don't know his, he didn't do a return address, but um, I, I love his, you know, his, speaking of Spock, I love his turn of logic there. Yeah. Where he's obviously a Trekkie or he wouldn't be writing. Of but, course. you know, it's, it's the era where kids are writing letters in their three-ring binder, you know, ruled paper. Um, but it's, yeah. it's, I, why do I think this, this line? He feels very con-like, though, when he says, 
you know, I've wrote you before. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go on writing, writing you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe or maybe not doing this with the assistance of a parent or adult, you know, mm-hmm. teacher or something like that to, you know, to get things sort of into a format um, and, and get get it addressed and get it sent. Um, but it, it's still just this very childlike thing. Like I can just... I can just be in front of the creator of Star Trek. I can just ask for whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And in this case, just information in general, and specifically the 1975 catalog. Um, But then he's pushing for a little more information. I've heard rumors that Gene is going to start the show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Start the show again and some others. So please send me any information about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is just so. Would you please send me the names of the future shows? Yes, yeah, and it, it's just so uh, adorable that this is the kind of thing you could ask for, as if it wouldn't have occurred to the producer to share information about the new show or shows when that is available. You know, uh, it, it's sort of like no, no, no. When people are producing TV shows. They want the world to know, and when the timing is right, so. Scott, I'm sorry, you're probably not going to get a scoop on this because they (laughs) forgot to tell other people. Well, Scott, it's also true that sometimes these titles and names aren't aren't hammered out until the very Mm -hmm. last moment. So when I get to that point in a year or two, you know, we'll be sharing the name. But I just love how he thinks the names are floating around right now in the cloud and I'm going to pull them down. But the best part is the little soap opera, the little home melodrama we get at the end. Yes. Yes. Dad wanted to watch Cher. (laughs) <laughs> they, but I won. Yeah, and they fought it out. So Scott, definitely very uh, persuasive there, getting Dad to turn the channel. And, and and Scott speaking for a generation when he says, even though they're reruns, I still enjoy them. Well, yeah, right, yeah. right. Welcome to right. Star Trek, Scott. Yeah, that that's I, I love that one. He he's very persistent in asking. He needs information. He needs catalogs. He wants a list of Star Trek books. And by the way, I fought my dad on this. <laughs> so. And I have to say that almost every letter to Star Trek, especially from teenagers in the seventies, mm-hmm. they're going to be asking for at least photos, if nothing, if not more than that. Some of them, you know, like oh, surely there's a piece of the bridge just laying around. Surely there's an extra tribble you could just send me, you right. and me, Gene. You know, exactly. just our personal relationship we have. Exactly. Um, well, and, and then that's the perfect segue to the next uh, letter because it is from a teenager. It is asking for something. It is, you know, and, and as you mentioned, most people are asking for photos, um, but this one is from Mississippi. And it's actually addressed to Mr. Shatner, which is a little strange because it doesn't seem to be specifically about him. It's more about Star Trek in general and more about uh, her fandom of the whole crew. And once again, she's splitting focus between Kirk and Spock here, which, you know, if he actually read this letter, he had to. Take as a you know, but that's the story of their lives. It's so well, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, but, but talking, you know, talking about her fandom in terms of uh, you know, she's got photos and she has the book, The World of Star Trek by David mm-hmm. Gerald. Um, so she goes on to talk about all the things that she has, and the the ask here is to get a photo of everybody, you know, signed photo of everybody together, which. That I mean, that's a pretty big ask. Um, and again, something that isn't probably just laying around. Um, 
But then it takes this really interesting personal turn here at the end. Mm-hmm. She says that she's 16 years old. Uh, her name is Dorothy, Dorothy Rosenthal. Uh, she's living in Mississippi, and uh, she she would rush home after school in the evenings to catch Star Trek every day. And you know, as we've talked about the syndication schedule, that was certainly the big boon for Star Trek in this period is right. afternoons, at that, you know, after school hours, sometimes five days a week, you know. Well, that's that's how I found Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That's how I, yeah. That, and I just want to say for everyone, she mentions that her local airing is at 3.30 and she's rushing home after school. And then she says, I catch it every evening, which to me was the tell that she's got to be in the South because 3.30 is, you know, of an evening. Yes. <laughs> evening turn, like once you get past noon and one, then you're in the evening. It, yes. it makes no sense. But yes. that's the southern definition of evening. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, what's, so, what's what's atypically southern though is is like you yeah. said the way she she ends this. She's sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You she's know. sixteen. She's uh, a sophomore. And then there, yeah, it says she's a sophomore in high school. And um, please answer as soon as possible. Sincerely, Dorothy Rosenthal. And she writes her name twice. Mm-hmm. And very interesting here in the postscript says the reason that she put her name down twice is that it, it's hard to pronounce. Uh, interesting, since it's Jewish. And she, I, I get, she has experienced... She spell it wrong. Yeah, uh, spelled wrong it. And, and, yeah. and mispronounced. And, and then I, this is just fascinating, and it is a snapshot in time, and it is a little bit heartbreaking. I hope you won't be offended, but I'm black. I, 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 my my heart just sort of stops sort of second when I read that, and I think here's a 16 year old girl living in Mississippi, Jewish and black, watching Star Trek, finding something inspiring, entertaining, whatever it is that she's getting out of the show that she has really connected to. At so much so to the extent that she's decided to write to the producer. Well, she wrote to Shatner, but obviously this is going in the hands of the producer of Star Trek and sharing something about herself, which probably speaks a lot about her experience growing Mm -hmm. up in this time, Mm -hmm. 1975 in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, she in, in the rest of her letter before that it ends on such an interesting note, and I mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if she was a uh, if she was softening the blow that she perceived might be on the way because she she was black or yeah. because she was Jewish and black. Yeah, you know, I it, the, the whole thing was fascinating, but it is interesting that she wrote to to Shatner. Yeah, while she takes pains to talk about oh, Mister Kell, and it's Southern. Yes. So she's yes. saying, Mr. Kelly and Mr. Doohan. Mr. Doin. Koenig, Mr. Doohan. Right. And did you kept, yeah. but here's the hint there of that closer. Yeah. And especially Miss Nichelle, Miss Nichols. Yes. I think she's the ideal lady. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there is that. And that her mother teases her for after she does her homework, she talks about Star Trek nonstop for two hours yeah. after the show is over. So again, welcome yeah. to Star Trek, 70s fan, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, That's Dorothy, all you had to do. I, I say, Dorothy, if you're still out there, I mean, th- there's a career to be had in talking for two hours about Star Trek every week. <laughs> so <laughs> I can tell you that, yeah. Or so they say. No, this, yeah. is, a, this is such a fascinating letter. And then, yeah. if we're ready to move on, then yeah. we have yeah. this one addressed to Mr. Trek, which yeah. I wonder if it ever landed. 
I wonder if he, she ever got a, that, this person. It's not signed even, which is also interesting. But uh. Right, right. And, and uh, funny, well, Mr. Trek, that I guess is a little competition for you being Dr. Trek. Uh, the, this is to Mr. Before going to uh, <laughs> get a doctorate so. in Trek. Right. Yeah, but I, it, this is great. It says, please give me Gene Roddenberry's address, which is hilarious to me because they went to the trouble to write to Mr. Trek, and yet they know who Gene Roddenberry is. <laughs> Well, you know, you just have to go through Mr. Trek to get to Gene. That's, exactly. There you see go. See how savvy these kids are? They, they are. They know the way the world works. Yeah. yeah, yeah and it yeah. is said, I love, I, I, I'm writing because I heard I could get any additional information and uh, that I wanted from the making of Star Trek. Um, I would also like to know when the next Star Trek convention is in New York. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Um, and, and that, you know, that says something about all of these letters, and we, mm -hmm. we reiterate it every time we do this type of show for the Trek Files, which is pre-internet age, and especially with young people, it is so hard to put ourselves back in that place where all the information we ever wanted isn't just at our fingertips. Right. If you were looking for a catalog, a product, a convention, the latest rumor on something, now it, it is a Google search away. Not saying it's always accurate, but it is a Google search away. Or it's glance at your phone for the next news alert that you've got preset popping up. Even. Right, right, you know, right. It's not even, it's even passive. Yeah. No, and he, and he uh, I say he, she, mm -hmm. um, whatever the correct pronoun here is in this case, since it's unsigned. Once again, talking about that, what, what were the sources of your, we've had more than one letter here talking about the making of Star Trek and the world of Star Trek. You know, mm -hmm. the original of Whitfield book and then David's books. Yeah. And then when you would get bits and pieces in the rumor mail, and then eventually, you know, people got savvy and wrote to the well committee and there's that and, and more, more outlets would carry and there were more books, you know, out right. there. But in the beginning, the first 10 years or so, you had two, three, four books and, and lo and, you know, woe to the authors. I'm looking at you, uh, uh, Star Trek lives. If you got a typo <laughs> or if you had a wrong oh, address yeah. or an address changed and some poor person is getting tons of missent mail or mail going down a rat hole and anyway right. but that's people would get those the paperbacks hung around for ages yeah you know, sure and and we're in circulation and that's what fueled and until the motion picture and the studio really stepped up professionally big time yeah and then until dan madsen and the official fan club and the starfleet international chapters started and that was the 80s and until yeah. that yeah. time the, yeah, this you was were really hanging on every word you could get from um you know, or pick up a flyer at a con, and that's another reason to go to a con. Of course, yeah. yeah and and, yeah. and speaking of asking for things, because that is a trend here in these letters, uh, <laughs> the next one from another Scott, can you kindly send me a blueprint of the brig or transporter room at a reasonable price? The brig, preferably. Now, I have to assume that what Scott is asking for is the bridge. <laughs> I don't know how many people actually I don't know. Want... Maybe he has a really obnoxious little brother. I, okay, I maybe. You know, that, that is fair. That, that is fair. Fe that force field was awesome in the 70s. Yeah, to look at it. That, that's true. Yeah. So it's kind of funny that, that he's asking for a blueprint. One or the other doesn't really matter. You know, preferably the brig. Again, we'll, we'll assume bridge at a reasonable price. And I just, I picture, you know, the expectation is that Gene himself is answering these letters and just writing back, well, what would you think about $2.50? Is that reasonable right, enough for right, you? You right. wait for a reply. Hmm, I was thinking more along the lines of one ninety nine. <laughs> okay, you have a deal. I mean, <laughs> it's... 
Yeah. We're recreating uh, the bartender scene in Tribbles here all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's six credits ahead. Yeah. Right, right, all right. All of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you have another ask in the next mm -hmm. one uh, from Joseph. Joseph. And uh, th there's a lot that he wants. And, and I just, I love it. You know, please send the catalog that I read about in World of Star Trek by David Gerald. Mm -hmm. Again, so the word is out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, <laughs> I love this. Do you think you could dig up an old pair of Spock, Leonard Nimoy's, pointed <laughs> ears? Could you please, and the PS is great, <laughs> could you please look as hard as you can for those pointed ears, please? Please. Please send yeah. as fast as you can. I mean, I, the, 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 the sort of the idea here, and, and I, I very much understand how, how this could happen. You know, you picture that you're a 10, 12, maybe 14-year-old kid. You're living in your small town. You're watching Star Trek every afternoon. It's new to you. Uh, it, it's not, you know, this show that died nearly 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's new to you. And maybe among your circle of friends, there's a couple of other Star Trek fans. So you feel like you're kind of the only one and you feel oh, yeah. like it is just that easy. And surely this stuff is just laying around. And surely somebody <laughs> like Gene could just put his hands on it and go, oh, I'm not using it anymore. You're sitting there in 75 and you're a kid after school watching this or early evening. And you're like, wow, yeah. look how much stuff they have. Look at all those phasers and communicators yeah. and, and the tribbles they had and all the buttons on the panels. Surely right. they're, you know, somebody you had no concept of the fact this. that there was a budget and it was three years and it was sending. I mean, you, eventually you get there. But at this age, you're still soaking that up. But I love how how they think they have to dig up an old pair of Spock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, and we don't mean the other Spocks. We mean, no, in case no, no. you've forgotten, we mean the Spock played by that guy, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard you know? Nimoy, right, yeah. right. No, the kid, the, the young person um, assumptions that are all in here. Yeah, about, they're wonderful. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're so innocent, and I love it. Um, now, next up, we have uh, another Scott, and this Scott is a little more savvy than mm -hmm. what we've seen here. Probably a little bit older, and uh, he is a fan. It's a little more mature handwriting. A little more mature, yeah. and he is a fan, and uh, he has read uh, The World of Star Trek and The Making of Star Trek, which we all did in the 70s. He had about the sum total of all Trek knowledge by then. It, yes. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Um, and then, I, I love this, so he's getting his uh, he, he's getting his reruns where he lives in... Uh, uh, Fruit, Fruit Freeport, Point, Michigan. Fruitport, Michigan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he has a beef with his local station, mm -hmm. which is they show it at 1220 at midnight. How could how could they 1220 a.m.? And then he has the business question of all business mm -hmm. questions. How are they going to get sponsors to pay for the show? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's very concerned about it. I've been getting up to watch it. And yeah. I have been rec Oh, and then he did a thing that many fans, including moi, would yeah. do in the yeah. pre-VCR days even, mm -hmm. when you had no personal media. I've been getting up to watch it, and I've been tape recording it. I have, what, five so far. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Scott, I wound up with about a third of the series. Of course, my versions were out of... Channel 5 in Oklahoma City, where they cut the teasers most of the time Ooh. and cut the voiceover, and then, of course, would even cram in even more commercials. But, wow. no, I I heart him. There's a, I think there's a secret yeah. underground fandom now 
of old guys and gals who have a shoebox with their tapes. I've had this conversation with people. I still have my shoebox of tapes I made back then. So Wait, I'm uh, right there with you, Scott. Okay, hang right on. Very, very important question for you. You still have the tapes. Do those tapes have the commercials in them, or did you try to pause and record and cut out the commercials? I think I let them play because the the, the tape recorder was such a big deal, and yeah. I was you know like a kid. However, yeah. however, for 18 years in the VCR era, I faithfully from day one I had a great pausing, I had a Mitsubishi forehead mm-hmm. VCR, oh, and yeah. I paused every commercial out. In fact, I would back, when the bumper, the next-gen bumper would come up, I would pause and go back to the beginning just so I wouldn't have any part of the commercial. Wow. That's good. It was a lot to give those up. I mean, there was so much labor and love invested in those. But that's how in the 80s and 90s I could do research and write because I didn't have to fast forward through. It was wonderful. See, I always tried to do that. I was no good at it at all. (laughs) I didn't get good at that until digital editing came along. I did research to find out which, because you would sit there when you'd go on pause and yeah. some pauses would break up and so you had to get a forehead not a two head right but even right. then the ability to back up and control anyway well, yeah. I, uh, no. we're not we're off we're far it, it, it was the whole thing but 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 this is but important that's what history. scott yes that's yeah. important history it's what scott uh conj- of course now he wants every he wants information but he's wanting shirts and models and postcards and triples and all of that of course and yeah. um but i love how yes he has the at this age at this time he's already into the business savvy here and of course He's been educated by a couple of rounds of B. Joe how to write a flyer, you know, protest letter uh, information there. So he's already in the generation that's getting, you know, consumer aware here and consumer savvy. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, a man after Gene's heart, he's concerned about the the revenues, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then wrapping it up today, this is great. We have a letter from Jordan, a typed letter from uh, Jordan who uh, who writes to the scene. He's in Cincinnati. And he writes to Gene, Mr. Roddenberry, and uh, he, he's the, instead of using robot ships on the shows, <laughs> I think you could use uh, the ships you designed in the book, The Making of Star Trek, for cargo carriers. Okay, well, what I assume he's talking about in the animated series. I was going to say, I think he's reacting because this is 75. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. reacting so to the animated. Talking about the animated series yeah. that they have the robot ships, which, great, you know. He's now, but my favorite thing here and your favorite thing here mm-hmm. is so great. Uh, P.S., how do you get your mom to stop thinking Star Trek is garbage? <laughs> oh, poor Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Poor Jordan. <laughs> I feel for you. <laughs> I... I say it again, Jordan. Welcome to Star Trek fandom of the seventies and the eighties and much of the nineties. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, Now, I never had that problem uh, with with my mom. Uh, Certainly, did not think it was garbage. But you know, hopefully, in the nearly fifty years in between, you and your mom were able to see eye to eye about uh, Star Trek fandom because there's something there for people of all ages. I know. I, I feel for, again. I feel for. So I had a mom that would make my costumes for me, my mm-hmm. uniforms for me. But I also mm-hmm. had the same mom at the beginning of this trek, who looked at the tech manual at Christmas. I showed her in the bookstore, and she's like, "I don't know, Larry. Five ninety-five for something that doesn't really exist. I don't know." So <laughs> I tease her about that. A, I bought it with my own money over spring break, uh-huh. but <laughs> the next year. But I teased her about that for years and years and years afterwards. Oh, like, you, awesome. you could have studded my career, mom. Right, right. Yeah, Excellent. no, but Jordan, we hear you. In fact, I want to say as we wrap up, John, mm-hmm. uh, that we've got Jordan, we've got Dorothy, we've got all of our Scots today. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone actually knows these folks, yeah, we would love to hear from any of them. Yeah. 
Um, they're out there, you know, cast on the wind. Are they still fans? Do they even remember doing this? Have we embarrassed them? Have we elicited a lawsuit here? No, I'm <laughs> whatever. But it would be so wonderful to hear from some of these fans now or in some of our past episodes that, uh, Absolutely. that we've read the letters. If anybody knows these folks, let us know. Yeah. It would be lovely to hear from these folks. Please do. Well, I look forward to this every every season, and I can't wait to dive back into the mailbag with you again at some future we'll time. We'll do it John. again. We'll do it again yes. in season eight for sure. <laughs> and meanwhile, The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Now, all of these documents, and please, your chance to comment, are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. For more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47, that's me, at larrynemachek.com. And that's where you can link in for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.